Hello, my friend. I am Sam Goldsmith, and this is Slay Type A, the podcast for women who slay at some things and suck at others, like taking rest and tuning into their bodies. Today, we are talking to Abigail Mura. She is an Olympic hopeful, world-ranked alpine ski racer. Her quest to becoming a professional athlete has rendered Abigail a clean eating authority. When she was only in grade four, Abigail was diagnosed with hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's disease, which required her to learn healthy eating habits and the effect that they have on her body and her ability to perform as an athlete. No obstacle has kept her from climbing to an illustrious list of international alpine ski racing accomplishments, including representing the United States at the 2018 US World Junior Championships in Switzerland, most recently finishing with two golds at Shorefoot Colorado Ski Cup and being touted as the new star in alpine ski racing women's downhill. Abigail spends her time mentoring children and young athletes, promoting healthy eating habits, physical fitness and chasing dreams. And I'm so delighted to speak with you today. Welcome, Abigail. Thank you so much for having me. So welcome. Abigail, can we just start by asking you to briefly share your story and how you arrived at the message that you're sharing today? Um, so I was actually born in the Midwest, the United States, in uh, Wildwood, Missouri. Um, my family were always big ski enthusiasts. Um, my grandfather founded the tiny ski racing team at our very, very small um, seasonal ski hill in St. Louis. Um, additionally, my mother and father and uncle were always um, super into skiing and passionate for the sport. And we would go on um, trips to Colorado twice a year, aside from skiing a couple months of the winter at Hidden Valley um, back in Missouri. But essentially, I started competing as a racer at age six. Um, and I raced in the Central Division of the United States for a couple of years. And at age 11, I was um, qualified to go to my first Junior Olympics. Um, and I went ahead and actually podiumed a couple of those events at that race. So was then offered um, the opportunity to live in Colorado full time during the season, October to April, um, to go to one of the most prestigious ski academies in the country. Um, so my mother and I began living out there six months a year and so I could train full time and, and travel and such. And since then, I've kind of been on my own traveling around the world. But because there's so much travel involved in my sport, um, I've gotten to witness a lot of things and kind of soak in all this knowledge from traveling around and learning from the highest, you know, seeing the highest degrees of athletics and motion. And so I just feel like that I am at a place where I need to share all that information and hopefully people can learn from not only my experiences, but from experiences of other people that I've kind of seen as I've been going around. And Abigail, your story reflects a long-standing commitment to tuning into your body and listening to the messages that it's giving you. You were diagnosed with your thyroid issues at such a young age. Was that something that came intuitively to you or did you have to really hone that skill of tuning in and paying attention to what uh, your body was, what messages your body was giving you? So aside from figuring out my dosage and with my medication when I was younger, um, I didn't really tune in to what I was eating or how I was taking care of my body until I was um, quite a bit older. Um, so I, I kind of was really terrible at it in the beginning. I mean, I was in grade four, so I was young. Um, and it wasn't until like 
you know, middle to end of high school and then the subsequent years after that I really figured out how to eat to not only feel the best, but also perform the best. So I was definitely not on that path when I was younger. Um, and thinking back, it's kind of appalling that I was even able to athletically perform. But I, um, yeah, since changing that, I've, I've been really good. I've had a lot of really, really good success in the past couple of years. Mm. And as a clean eating advocate, which um, you call yourself now, and an elite athlete, I'm sure that need to tune into your body and listen to your body is a daily practice. Can you share with us how you do that in a way that really lovingly respects your body as the vehicle to live your passions now? Yeah, so I basically went from eating a normal balanced diet and whatnot um, as a kid and you know, just a, a typical, typical kind of everyday diet as an American. And then as I started getting older, I started getting, I would get weird pains and would have all these little minor injuries all the time. And I would always be kind of drowsy and groggy and the stomach would be upset often. And it wasn't until I started like kind of getting rid of all the chemicals and toxicity in the foods that I was eating um, you know, I dropped all processed foods. Um, I don't, I don't really, I kind of have this little rule that I like to follow. If like, if you, if the food you're eating has had a life, then it is good for your body. And like potato chips, they haven't had a life and mm-hmm. soda hasn't had a life. You can't just go pick a soda can off a tree. So um, I've tried to basically just eliminate all of the unnecessary chemicals um, from my diet. And it's, it's been awesome. I'm, I've had no nagging pains or tiny micro injuries in the past probably four seasons now. And that's really helped me when I'm training and when I'm not training. Mm. And Abigail, in our community, a lot of women have a real problem with resting, even when they know that they should or they really need to, they won't take that time until it's absolutely critical. So sometimes they've been diagnosed with illnesses or they've had some sort of physical breakdown that's prevented them from being able to actually work. And that's need, they've needed to have that kind of wake up call to force them into rest and relaxation, taking it a little bit easier. Has your relationship with your diagnosis of thyroid disease at such a young age influenced your ability to to take rest and if so do you have any advice for how women can overcome that drive to continue to push themselves really hard past healthy in and I'm specifically interested also in the mindset stuff because a lot of women in our community know that they should rest or they should stop pushing themselves so hard but their other drivers to be successful cause them to ignore those messages and the mindset stuff's really interesting to me how did you go with that so being in a sport that requires a lot of perfection in some aspects, there's also a lot of imperfection that exists within the sport. Like they've, it's been said forever that there's no absolute 100% perfection that exists in our sport and really not in anything in life. And so I've gone from, you know, as a kid, I would, I'd go to school and I, you know, when I was figuring out my dosage, I'd fall asleep in school and, and things like that. And um, afterwards, when I finally got my dosage right on my medication, um, I still, I felt like I needed to make up for lost time in my sport because my season in the Midwest was 
significantly shorter than anybody living in mountain towns, obviously. And so I would go to school, I'd get in the car, do homework for an hour or whatever, getting to practice, go to practice and be there all night and then repeat that every day. And that's something that I've definitely continued into now as I've gotten older, but it hasn't been till the last, like probably two years that I really realized, um, hey, you know, you need to take care of your body because if your body's not working, you're you're not up to you know, up to par mentally, you're obviously not, you know, able to do things like that. And that causes, you know, that causes more time away from what you want to be doing. So I would notice um, in the past couple of years, traveling, for instance, I would be traveling all night from race to race and get up and just keep going and trying to do all these things. And I was getting extremely sick. I had two or three pretty big sickness health scares in the past four years, I would say that put me in the hospital even. Um, and that was definitely a huge wake up call that your body and your mind come first. Everything else can wait if it's, you know, down to your health and down to your well being. And that's just something you have to really, really deeply root into your mind nowadays when, you know, like every single second you think you can be doing something. But in reality, you really have to pay attention to any bit of sign that your body gives you that you're doing too much and you need to take a break because if you push it too far, you know, you never know what can happen. You have to definitely take some time for yourself. And Abigail, when you're, when you were going through that experience and you were making like noticing for the first time that you needed to take that time for rest and to listen to your body, can you just share what was, what were the kind of thoughts that you were having and how you kind of trained yourself, retrained yourself to take rest? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> of course, being you know, being sick and, and whatnot. And those experiences are really a big wake up call. But I would then, you know, a couple months later, go back to overdoing it again. And it really took the last time that I got extremely sick, I was in a foreign country. And I was down there for five weeks and not known for good health care. I was down in Chile. And I had gotten so sick that I had to go to the hospital. I was sick for a week. And I do have a hospital for a night um, down in Santiago and ended up missing the subsequent remainder week and a half of my trip and all of those races. And that, I'm not saying that that's like the number one experience that really changed my mindset, but something like that happening just from, you know, overdoing it, it's, it's such a big wake up call. And really, I just think another huge thing that I try to I try to really pay attention to my body in all aspects you know it, it this tiredness will sneak up on you and it's something that a lot of people ignore I mean they want to sit on their phone for an extra hour at night or they want to get one more thing done for the next day one more email sent one more show anything like that but the reality is that our bodies are the only thing that we have and if your body and mind aren't working then the subsequent consequences are going to be missing more time of what you want to be doing. Yeah, absolutely. 
Abigail, a lot of women that are part of our community struggle with perfectionism and fear of failure is a big concern. So most of the women are listening to the podcast are women, entrepreneurial women or high achieving women in their own uh, right or their own roles. And fear of failure is something that comes up all the time when we talk about our hidden fears. In your sport, being perfect is a requirement. So the skill that you're doing must be performed perfectly, you're graded on it and so forth. How do you stay connected? to your own heart and your own decision-making guidance in your personal life, given that you're under so much pressure to achieve perfection within the sport and your career? So it's, it's actually crazy, um, my sport, for lack of a better term, because perfection is something that is constantly trying to be achieved day to day, every second, every aspect of your life. However, it's also a sport that it's, it's known that there is not going to be any perfection because nothing is consistent. There's no perfect turn on one perfect mountain on one perfect day. There's no perfect run all the way down to the bottom. Um, and that's something that you also have to kind of stomach what you're trying to aim for perfection, obviously, but you know that that's, you know, there's always something to criticize with your technique and, and whatnot. Um, and I feel like that has most definitely rubbed off into my personal life. I, I mean, at times I find myself trying to load the dishwasher perfectly or organize the spices perfectly or, mm. or whatnot. And, and little things like that eat up so much extra time. And, and even in other aspects too, I mean, failing at, I mean, failing to complete something or failing to reach a goal of yours. It's, you know, I, we have a lot of experience with goal setting in our sport. That's obviously very important with high level, high level athletics. And, um, you know, it's, it's very, you know, it's, it's hurtful when you don't reach a goal or expectation that you've had, but the best thing you can do is, is go back and real and like pick apart why that didn't happen and not necessarily to, you know, be perfect the next time, but to learn from that experience and that failure. And, in my opinion, I've, I mean, I've failed a lot in my career, obviously, and I'm sure I'm going to fail a lot more in however many things I'm going to do, but failure, I think, is the best tool ever because you don't learn necessarily as much from success. You learn a lot more from failing. So you just have to internalize that it's going to be okay to fail. And it's, you're going to learn from failing and that will just help you grow as a person and allow you to move forward for the next time. I'd love to just ask you one more question, Abigail, that the answer that you've just given has just kind of reminded me of hearing stories about other elite athletes, particularly um, basketballers or baseball players, where they look at what right. their strikeout rate is compared to, you know, the success that the community might see. We don't see the the million balls they missed or all, you know, all of those different things. So even Colonel Sanders inventing his KFC recipe and being told no 99, 999 times or whatever it is that the, the way the story goes. Um, when you were speaking, I was just remembering that and thinking, wow, what a powerful message to bring home to our community that the more you're failing is actually the more evidence that you are out there having a go and giving it a shot. So rather than that perfectionism driving you to close down and not, not continue in your business endeavors or continue putting yourself out there to think about just how often you guys as athletes do technically 
you know, fail and I'm um, putting yeah. inverted, commodore, uh, inverted commas around that because <laughs> it's part of the process of developing that skill and it's an expected part of what's going to happen. So, um, yeah, that's Absolutely. a liberating thought to be able to bring it back to that. Um, Abigail, is there anything else that you would like to share with the audience, any messages or any, um, any final words for people listening to the podcast today? Um, I go ahead and throw out just a couple things that I personally try to look for in my life to, you know, kind of just be a better person, pull around and, and take care of my body because it's very easy to overlook taking care of your body. And um, I would say definitely think about what you're putting into your body. I mean, food is fuel. And if you're not putting proper fuel in your body, then how can you expect it? perform and, and work at the level that you're expecting in your brain to work. You know, if you had a multi-million dollar sports car or, or whatever else, you wouldn't put the lowest grade fuel into that car, you know. You would pay a little extra and pay attention a little more to taking care of that car. And so your body is the only car you're ever going to have. So it's definitely important to think about what kind of fuel you're putting into your body. Um, and then secondly, I would say definitely check out for, uh, check your, how rested you are. Um, you know, there's little signs here and there, becoming more forgetful and, you know, just overall feeling sluggish or drowsy or, you know, don't, you don't have to do that extra, that extra little thing today necessarily that's going to put you over the edge. Um, you know, take a couple minutes for yourself and, and take that rest because, taking that rest means that you'll just be that much more productive tomorrow. And um, I would say thirdly, just don't be afraid to go after what you want. You know, um, you can fail a million times, but that million and first time might be the time that you reach greatness. So never stop trying, even, even if it means failing more than you'd like, because you learn far more from failing than you do trying. Absolutely. Amazing advice. Thank you so much, Abigail, for joining us today and good luck with your endeavours to um, join the, the US um, Olympic team. We'll be cheering for you. Well, we won't. We're in Australia, but we'll still be, um, we'll still be cheering for you if we, when we see you on TV. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I really um, enjoyed uh, being on today. I appreciate it. So welcome. So guys, that is it. As usual, I have asked my special guest for her three top tips. Today, Abigail's going to share her three top tips to tune into the messages that your body is giving you and how to actually listen. That secret source information will be available exclusively for people who are part of my mailing list. If you are not already part of that list, please jump onto my website at www.samanthagoldsmith.com. You can actually download a free copy of a brand new ebook there. And and uh, I will also share with you Abigail's social media contacts and website details if you'd like to follow her journey and uh, stay up to date with what's going on there. I will speak to you all next week. I thank you so much for joining us and I grant you full permission to go out there and number slay the shit out of anything that sets your heart on fire. Talk soon. <laughs>